Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Tackling Life Podcast with the great Ray Lewis and me, Dr. Christian Conti. It's a success podcast that tackles life through the lessons of sports. Ray, we just came off, we talk about sports, we just came off a sporting event uh, of the century. And you were there for it. <laughs> Doc, not only there for it, man, it was, it was one of those experiences, right? When you think about... Um, like, you know, like class of the Titans or, you know, like pure just warriors. I think I think the intrigue for a lot of people, I think it came because we had never seen a boxer and, and like a martial art and a skilled fighter, you know, like Conor McGregor actually fight. And that's why I think the intrigue came from. Right. I mean, because when you see when you see these two guys, it's totally two different worlds. And that's what I think we haven't seen before. Right, right, right. And then and, and to be, to stay in that one world of the master boxer, I mean, Mayweather is, you know, one of the greatest of all time. And to be in his realm, we both said this on the podcast before. I mean, anybody that wants to go back and listen to the last episode, we both said, I don't know how in the world that Conor McGregor could ever beat Mayweather at Mayweather's sport. Um, but you're right. The intrigue from two different worlds, because I don't think people who haven't know. I know you wrestled at a stage at a level that was the most elite level possible. Uh, you know, I, I was in martial arts and and did kickboxing for uh, the majority of my uh, my life as a young, uh, when I was young, well into my twenties. Um, and so I'm, you know, we understand that there's a different level when you're talking about combat sports and different approaches to them. But I do think that that's what peaked the intrigue for this. But tell me about what it was like for you, I mean, being there. What was, what, let's start with the atmosphere. Well, well, well listen to this. Because I'm, I'm telling you something that I witnessed. I witnessed, um, you know, and, and I, you know, of course, I've studied many arts myself and things like that. So, you know, you, you take a Conor McGregor and you give him the the 12 rounds of conditioning, that's a different fight, mm -hmm. you know? Yep. Because as you saw in the first three rounds, you saw Floyd from his mastery of boxing had never actually seen the skills of a martial artist. Yes, right? yes. Right. So, so, so you saw Connor switching feet in the first three rounds, right? And changing them, changing them 
while in the same time as Flo and throwing a punch. <laughs> I, love, I have to tell you, uh, you know, as somebody that definitely kickboxed for a while, I love that. I love that one. He switched his feet up and landed a jab one time. I was like, oh, my goodness, we have something here. I mean, I knew, I knew, I always, I did, I did know, like I said, I said this before, I knew that Floyd like, is a master. I know that he takes a few rounds to figure people out but there was a there was a piece of me when you i like the word intriguing that you use because there was a piece of me when he switched feet and landed a jab that i was like i don't know if mayweather's ever seen this now <laughs> well, well, well well listen any fighter any fighter like a, 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 a boxer let's say any boxer has never seen that type of countering skills yeah right because because if, if if you think about the MMA world, once you or, or or just kickboxing or whatever tai chi whatever you want to call it, once you throw one punch, doc, and it's thrown out there the wrong way, doc, your arm might come back broke. <laughs> it's so true, though. Yeah, yeah. So 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 when I'm watching this. And I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there with me and Nas and uh, Mike Irvin, and we're all sitting in the same role. And I'm like, Nas, I said, he's going to have to figure him out. I said, he's going to have to figure him out. Because the problem with uh, a martial artist is when you is, is when you come in there and you're not prepared, that counter, that counter, if you remember in one of the early rounds, he countered Floyd and caught Floyd with that uppercut. Yes, yes, I remember that. When he caught Floyd with that uppercut, that woke Floyd up. Yep. Now, from that point, I wanted you to watch Floyd's advantage on what it means to be a master in the ring. Mm. He, put, he started putting both hands up and saying, okay, hit me now. I'm going to come forward. <laughs> right? And he, he did. Started to, and he started to tire him out. Why? Because that's not his world. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh, bro. Listen, and that's when mastery—that's when the mastery of Floyd Mayweather, like him or not, his mastery is in his preparation. That yes. is one of the most prepared men in his sport that I've ever witnessed in my life. Well, I mean, when when, when McGregor said it after the fight, and, and, and the words slip in my mind exactly the way he said it right now, the way he said he is so oh, composed, composed, he said he's so composed, and that's exactly what he is. There were moments where Mayweather was like, he was smiling, and it was just like, he. it seemed like he almost appreciated that McGregor was giving him something different for a minute. And, and that's a master when you can actually appreciate it. He wasn't scared. He wasn't. He wasn't backing down. He just was thinking like, "Oh, okay. This is this is something I might not have seen, and now I'm just going to show you what I can do with it." Yeah. And when it, remember this, Doc, it's hard to it's hard to get scared when you're in your backyard. <laughs> <laughs> if somebody if somebody got you nervous in your backyard, Doc, <laughs> you better get a dog. <laughs> 
This is so funny. I'm just telling you, I'm going to go on a sidetrack real quick. So I have this giant St. Bernard, and I love my St. Bernard, and I'm I'm alpha to my St. Bernard. And there are moments, if she's running full speed down the hill and growling, where I'm thinking, I don't know if I want to be standing here right now. And I... <laughs> So I can't imagine a stranger wanting to be standing here when this thing, this 135-pound uh, dog comes running full speed. So when you're in your own backyard, you're right. It's hard to be scared in your own backyard. Bro, listen, man. I, 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 uh, I appreciated that fight from a lot of different angles. But what I appreciated the most is people better learn. You better stay in your lane. Yeah. <laughs> you better stay in your lane, Doc, because what's what I want you to think about this. When you started to watch that fight, and I'm watching Connor, and the first thing I said was, I said, Oh, he ain't gonna last five rounds. Mm. And, and, and no, I wasn't talking about him actually being knocked out. I was saying, Oh my gosh, this this entire fight is about to change. Mm. I was like, this is when Floyd is about to take over. And Doc. I'm telling you, listen, we talk about this all the time, and I told you throughout my career. What I realized the most was the first sign when I started to notice weakness in other people. Okay. When I, when I saw weakness, oh my, you had no chance against me. I don't care how good you look and, and how, how long the first run was, the first quarter, and you bust out it. I'm gonna look at you in your eyes and I'm gonna say I'm gonna find you in the fourth quarter. You do realize that, don't you? And that's what a warrior does. And at your level, at your level, because you're used to seeing that. You you spent 17 years, well, plus college, all those years, seeing that where you waited and waited and waited. And and you've often described this. I mean, you've talked about this with against Peyton. You've talked about this against Brady. This it's a chess match where you you kind of sit back. So there is a level of patience that you had to be watching this fight with that's different from me or anybody else. People even in the sport because just your level of understanding the process of what greatness is so my question to you is okay so you were say, saying uh, fairly early on like you were you were, weren't thinking mcgregor was going to last as long i thought because of his style i didn't think wind wise i agree i did not think he was going the whole distance but i did think that he had like i was thinking i don't understand like round round four i was thinking I thought I was going to see more from Mayweather. So by by the end of round four, I was like, "Hold on a second! Like, wait, I thought this was supposed to happen by now." But it was it wasn't until round five that I feel like he really like he was like, "Okay, now he's got control of this." Yeah, but I mean, I mean, Doc, but let's let's just talk about like what nobody really thinks about, which is what mastery really is. Mastery is setting somebody up to get what you want. Mm. So if I got 12 rounds of fighting, if I got 12, 12 rounds of fighting, Doc, imagine what I'm doing in the first three or four. The first three or four, I want you to burn yourself out. Yeah. yeah. I want you to show me all of your, your fanciness. I want to see all of your skills. I want to see all of what, what McGregor showed in the first three, four rounds. But the moment... He started to drop those hands. I looked at Nas. I said, Nas, he in trouble. I said, <laughs> because now he's dealing with a master of the ring. So when I tell you when Floyd started backing that man down, yeah, see, the one disrespect that I think people uh, do towards Floyd is they never respect his training. 
And Doc, yeah. it's hard to disrespect a man that trains as hard as that young man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah because yeah. that's what takes. That's why. That's why in championship bout, in championship bouts, in in track and field, in all of the different competitions, the one thing, the one thing that sets greatness away from good is your trainer. Yep. That's the, that's that's the biggest difference. And this guy showed me that night that I don't care how fancy it look, if you prepare right. If you and this is in any realm of life. Yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. You prepare right, right? I live by the five P's: proper preparation prevents poor performance. Yep. Because if you're properly prepared, man, you enjoyed the battle. I'm telling you, Floyd enjoyed that fight. You know why? Because he kept looking at him, saying, "Oh boy, ooh, in round six or seven, this is gonna get so sexy." This gonna get this gonna turn my direction, and man, he finna run out of gas. And Connor is a heavier guy. He's yes, and he had what he what he what did he get? He put on seventeen pounds between weigh in and then. So he was in and then. I think it was something like that, Doc. Which yeah, he was a, close to one seventy, which was an enormous difference in weight. Which is a no no. <laughs> Well, and so okay, that's I guess okay. So I guess that was the uh, one, one question I definitely have for you is because of you, you know, with wrestling, and I know how you had to have perfect weight and things. When you put on that much that fast, was that affecting all the training he did? Because I just it like, affects everything, Doc. Okay, I think he weighed in more than Floyd, like more than six, seven pounds more than Floyd. Are you serious? Yeah, you're talking about one of the greatest. Boxes of all time, like who, who's gonna bounce around the ring? One of the greatest defensive fighters of all time, and you mean to tell me you're gonna go in and you're gonna be heavier than him? This so, is not a grappling match. Now, if no. he's grappling with him, and, and like he was trying to, if you're grappling with him, you got a different conversation, Doc. So here's something that I think. Here's something that I think that people. Don't know. Actually, let, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, something that I think people, I, I want you to give an inside view on is this. Uh, you you taught me this when we first met about how it, how much the body is a science and how you knew like you knew you know when you put in your body like what it's going to be like you know your body at a different level because of the at the level you competed. So look, we're going to take a real quick break. When we come back, I definitely want to hear about that because you know your body and wh- how what fuel goes into it changes how you perform. So stick with us. Stick with us, everybody. We'll be right back after this. All right, we're back. We're talking about uh, the Mayweather fight, but you just made a great point before the break, Ray. You talked about how he came in already six or seven pounds heavier than Mayweather, and then on top of that, he ended up gaining whatever weight he said he wanted to hurry up and gain back so that he could be closer to his 170 weight. Um, So tell me a little bit about this, because you've said this before. You you taught me this one of the first conversations we had. You were telling me about the weight and how you said every detail, like you knew your body weight, you knew pound for pound. Talk about a little bit about what that means to, to know your body weight and to know what you can do with exactly what weight you have. Cause doc, let me, so I'm gonna explain to everybody like this, right? So when I went into, when I went into games, I would do something with my nutrition that I knew would give me an, an advantage, right? A bunch of people think 
that when you get up in the morning and you're about to compete in a football game, and a bunch of guys do it, you get up and you eat this large breakfast, and you know you just stuff yourself. But in actuality, like all people, like all people, when you eat, do you know how long it takes for you to actually get to where you to where you're just hyper, to where you're just up and energetic? So you know what I would do most of the times, Doc. I would probably grab. One one fruit, I mean one piece of fruit, and 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 probably nothing else. Mm. I would be almost completely empty, Doc. Mm. Doc, I'm gonna take it to a point to where you got to understand, like what makes a lion mm. do anything to get a meal because they are starving. Mm. And when I was playing, Doc, I wanted to feel like I was starving. Mm. I don't need to be heavy. I don't need to be weighed down. Man, let me tell you something. I'm watching boys who, guys who played against me. I'm watching them the night before, and they talking about, I'm seeing people, you know, going out there with, with you know, Big Macs and Whoppers and all these different things. And I'm saying, they don't have a chance in the fourth quarter. <laughs> because they, they eating Big Macs and they eating fries and everybody like eating all this candy and everything. Let me tell you something. When these guys retired from the game, the one thing that they will regret is the way that they did not treat their body, mm. the way they disrespected their bodies. And when you're talking about Conor McGregor, when you're talking about Floyd Mayweather, I want you to look at the conditioning of Floyd Mayweather and look at the condition of Conor McGregor, and 100% of it is nutrition. Yeah. 100%. And mm. I'm telling you, Doc, if you line me up with somebody my same size, my same speed, my same height, right now, and you fed them Church's Chicken, Wendy's, you fed them McDonald's, you fed them Popeye's, and you fed me fish and vegetables, who wins that fight? Yeah. Who wins that fight? Yeah. That's what, I'm, that, that's what when you, I, I, I want to really challenge people to understand if the body is a temple, then why do we disrespect it? Well, I think you know it at such a different level. And I mean, it, you're, it, the education is why we're doing this podcast. And I want to be really clear with the audience. Like, I learn all the time. Like, I've listened to you. It takes a while. We, we will listen for all of us. And I, I really want to empathize with our audience. I want to empathize with everyone out there because the reality is... We can't just hear something once and all of a sudden it just sinks what sits with us. Every once in a while that happens and that's great. But th for the majority of life, we're human beings and we develop behavioral patterns. And anytime we get into behavioral patterns, it takes an effort. It takes it takes effort to get out of those behavioral patterns. So the information you're saying, like my, like my wife talks about this a lot as a holistic nutritionist. Like she's constantly said this for many years. Like you you need to be mindful of what you're putting into your body because that's directly impacting you. Sometimes it's easier to hear from other people than the people who are close with you but the reality is we're not getting like when i was out in california there were so i'm back in, in pennsylvania there were so many options for healthier food but there are so many places throughout this country pennsylvania is one of them where there aren't very many options for healthy food like you've got to really work at it to get there and so it takes effort to, to do what you're talking about doing well it, I, I can tell you i can tell you i can say it this way you say it takes effort. I say it takes awareness. Mm, mm. Instead of instead of you always going to the doctor to wait for the doctor to tell you what's wrong with your body, why not you find out what's wrong with your body yourself? 
I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. I agree. Listen, you know, and this is in all realms of life. I don't want people to separate this and say, oh, well, you're a professional athlete. That's your job. And you're supposed to do this. Let me tell you something. Remove professional athlete. Remove football player. And I got the same body. I got the same tongue. I got the same heart. I got the same liver. I got the same gallbladder that everybody else has. Yeah. And the only difference is I have chosen because of what I've seen growing up in the environments that I've seen growing up, everything fried, everything fast food, everything sugar, everything salt, eating late night. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And I'm saying to myself, that will not be me. Mm. That will not be me. And that's what I'm, I think, you know, you, you think about where this podcast can go today. And I think this is a good place to transition what we talked about last week. But can you imagine if you had time enough to actually slow down in life to where you can actually appreciate the present moment yeah. of who you are as an individual? That's where, yeah. that's where the confusion is, Doc, because the identity is now being robbed. Why? Because now I'm not present unless I'm, I'm caught up on social media. I'm not present unless somebody responds to one of my videos and they, they like me. I'm not present unless, man, oh, Doc, now, now being present is all about what somebody else thinks about me. But, but in real actuality, Doc, it's really something else. It's being present. It's owning who you are. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring this. I want to bring this back to food. I'm gonna tell you. So I want to tell a tell our audience something. So I was young. So when I was young, I was very skinny. I was a skinny, skinny kid. Uh, very, uh, definitely, I wanted to be bigger. When I was real young, when I was in junior high and everything, I was picked on, which made me get into fighting, which made me want to learn to fight really well. Um, so, but I was I was very skinny and I wanted to get bigger. So I constantly ate, 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 ate because I wanted to eat. And then when I was young, my metabolism was fast. I could eat a lot of stuff. We didn't know anything about nutrition back then, so it was just eat whatever is in sight. So I ate like that for a long time. And then at some point, I stopped playing sports. So I was done with college. I went on to get, you know, I was focused on my academics. I was focused on my career uh, in, in psychology. So I, I really just, but I continued to eat as if I was that skinny kid. And I think something that you just said right there is clicks and I and I hope it clicks for a lot of listeners out there because I've seen this with a lot of athletes through the years when you're done playing sports after you've eaten like you could just eat whatever because you're out there exercising a lot um, and then all of a sudden you still keep eating like that when you're not doing the same level or more importantly here's what I think this really just clicked for me right this moment when you said that when we talk about present moment and food oftentimes I have spent years where I'm like, I need to hurry up and order extra food in case I get hungry later. And for years, my wife has looked at me and been like, when are you ever starving? Like, when when are we ever lacking for food that you have to hurry up and order an extra burger at a restaurant or you have to order extra meal here and there? And I'm just like, I don't know. It's just ingrained in me. But it's that taking that moment. And I'm not doing that now. And I'm in a better place now for sure. But it's taking that moment to step back and go, wait a minute, in the present moment, I'm good. 
And honestly, over the last, I told you, six to eight weeks, I've changed. I'm not eating red meat anymore, and I'm changing my diet. But it's coming back to the present moment, like you just said, and saying, I don't need to worry about I'm not going to get food down the road because the truth is I'm, I have access and means to get food. So we're, I don't really need to think about that. I need to think about in the present moment, am I putting the right fuel in my body? That's what I need to think about. Duh. You know why a lot of people struggle? You know why a lot of people struggle? actual like struggle in the present moment do you know why because the present moment takes work mm. the present moment takes preparation the present moment takes a plan if you're in the moment doc oh my oh doc listen to me man listen to me this is what i want people to really grab from this podcast today is you must stay stuck in the moment. Your moment is not about what people say about you, but like we have fell into a trap that I am, I am more popular now because I have a hundred million Twitter followers. I promise you when you die and go to heaven, they will not be counted. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's like, it's, it's like some things that we got to start using common sense about like in the common sense about why is it that we don't take care of our bodies the way that we should why is it that we're ignorant to the science of our body i pulled i had my son pull out the other day and i said you walk around all day with this ipad and you walk around all day with this iphone but when was the last time you actually pulled up what is the benefits of broccoli you don't eat broccoli, but you say you want to gain weight. You say you want to play football. You say you want to be this great receiver. You say you want to go to number one pick in the draft. Well, guess what? If you don't know what broccoli does for your body, you have no chance. Mm. Better yet, what does ginger do for your body? Oh, I'm sorry. You don't know that either. So guess what? Sit your behind down, look at this label, and go through your phone and and break down and find a definition on what it does and why you and, and why you should use it. And, now, and he sat there and as he's reading these things, I'm like, son, you know the hardest thing ever to do in life right now, Doc? And I'm telling anybody who's listening right now, you know the hardest thing to do right now in life is to actually stay focused. Yep. No, it is. Ray, it is. It is. It is. That's why that's for me. That's why meditation has been so powerful, because it literally helps you change your brain to stay focused. I'm going to tell you a rule. You, you've shared rules you have with your kids. We're on the phones. One of the rules I have with Kaya um, is she is allowed to play on her phone, but not before she spends at least five minutes on 3D brain. So there's an app called 3D brain. And you and I, we don't we don't we're not sponsored by this app or anything. I'm just telling you, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal app, especially for anybody interested in neurology. But uh, since for my own field, something I've always been interested in. So we, we, we do this 3D brain and it, it gives you a three dimensional view of the brain and it breaks down parts of the brain, tells you what their functions are. So before she's allowed to play anything, my rule has always been you must spend five minutes on 3D brain. So if that's five minutes every day, that's great. Now I have a little 12 year old who knows more about neuroscience than most graduate students because we, uh, there's been a rule. But, but you're right about that. Like we have access to this. But but are we really using it? That's that's why I love what you just said. The present moment takes work. So look, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to keep focusing on this because I think this is absolutely enormous for making people help, helping people change their lives. 
All right, we're back, and uh, we are, we're talking about a lot of things about being in the present moment. But there was something that you said earlier, Ray, that just kind of hit me, and I was like, "Hold on a second, I got to ask you about this." You were sitting at the fight next to Nas, who sings "If I Ruled the Rule," "If I Ruled the World," which is like one of the number one songs on my workout playlist. That's who you were sitting next to. Yeah, 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 man. <laughs> me and Nas, we go, we go back, man. We know each other. <laughs> man, I love Nas. That is fantastic. That is fantastic. That just that's that that that's made my day right there. You a so, classic. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that song, man. That makes us pumped up on my playlist. So we're talking about the present moment, and we're talking about you know, like coming back to you know your your five P's: proper preparation. A proper preparation prevents poor performance. And, and when we, we say be in the present moment, it takes effort. It's not easy to be in the present moment because, look, we're quick to think about the past and what things should be or, or how things should have been. And we're quick to be in the future about what might come up down the road. But we're, it's difficult. And, and I've said this before. I want to say this again. I really want to highlight this. People who struggle with depression primarily live in the past. They wonder about how life could have been, should have been, would have been. People who struggle with anxiety primarily live in the future. Oh, no, this might come up, that might come up. This, But people who are happiest, people who have the most peace, they're able to live in the present moment. Doc, I want you to listen to this, right? People judge your actions. We judge our intent. Okay. The only thing that keeps you in your past is your mind and your haters. Mm. That's the only two things. I'm, I, just, just, just take it for exactly what it's worth and understand it. If you had a thought process like a lion, like a dog, like a crocodile, like an elephant, I can, I can keep going down many animals like an eagle. Yep, yep. The only thing that matters is the present moment. <laughs> yep. Because whether you're lion or gazelle, when the sun rises on the Serengeti, guess what, Doc? You better be running. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're 100% right. And it's kind of comical if you think about it because could you imagine a lion sitting there thinking, Oh man, I didn't get that hippo in that last fight, man. Man, Jesus, whiz, I didn't get him. Or could you imagine a lion sitting there thinking, "Oh, what am I going to eat next week?" Like, there's no, there is no, there is no thinking about the past and the future. You're a lion. You're thinking about the present moment. If I'm tired, I'm resting. If I'm hungry, I'm eating. Like, whatever it is, you're in the present moment, and that's really the epitome of where we all want to be. The ability that God gave, Doc. I'm, I'm studying. I'm doing a lot of study on this. The ability that God gave man over animals was we had the choice to decide. Mm. Animals don't. <laughs> they wake up a lion, they eat as a lion, they gonna die as a lion. Yeah. <laughs> we're the only people, as, 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 as a control race, we're the only people that says, oh, well, no, nah, I made that mistake and I'm gonna just stay stuck in the mistake and Oh, man, I can't believe I made that mistake. And the lion says, man, I missed that wildebeest. Man, I missed him. But, boy, look at that gazelle over there by that tree. <laughs> <laughs> and, and all they do, and all they do is learn from whatever that's, they made mistakes that's about. It. They that's learn it. That. And guess what they do the most? They do, they, they do what our country has stopped doing. 
They take their young and they teach them how to fish. They teach them how to eat. They teach them how to survive. And we went opposite with our children. We're now telling our children, oh, because you're crying as a little child and because you don't want to uh, pay attention, I'm going to put an iPad or iPhone in your hand. Absolutely not. We mm. missed the lesson. The lesson is they must go through hard times. They must understand hard training. They must understand that everything is not instant gratification. Doc, let me tell you something. As a country, if we do not come back and live in the present moment, the present moment is if you're a father, be a father. Don't be a friend. If you're a mother, be a mother. Don't be these people who are starting to let our children do what they want to do. Doc, we have the choice to make the difference. The only thing I respect about lions, the only thing I respect about animals is they they 100% wake up exactly who they are. They are mm. not confused about who they are. You are not going to see a lion pass by a bunch of hyenas and say, hey, man, what's up? Can I hang with you all it's just not happening. <laughs> it's just not happening. It's not so, happening. Uh, so I was at Florida State last week, and I'm working with the team. And uh, one of the young men, he gets, you know, coach gets in his face, he, and he deservedly so. And I said to the kid, I, he, I see him with his shoulders slumped over his head down. I walked over to him, and I said, look, coach is teaching you right now. He's not about to tell you what you want to hear. He's telling you what you need to hear. And here's what I want for you. Here's all I'm asking for you. I'm asking you to put your shoulders up, put your, put your hands up, put your hands up. Don't let's not lean over. Cause like, just like you've said before, and you taught me this, like you don't put your hands on your knees so that somebody can climb up on your back. So I said, get your, get your hands up. Let's get your shoulders back. Put your head up. Just look them in the eyes. Coach is here to teach you. That's all he's here to do. Your job is to learn right now. Your job is not to beat yourself up about the past. Your job is to learn from the past and just go out there and do it again differently. And he was able to do it. He picked himself up, turned it around. It was huge. But this is not different, Ray. Yesterday, I went into a maximum security prison, a different one I've never been in before. A lot of it's actually the, the, the most capital cases in the state of Pennsylvania. So we're talking about death row and the largest death row in Pennsylvania. And, uh, and I went and I sat with some guys who were on death row and I spoke to them. And I spoke to a bunch of inmates in this prison. And I said, look. I, in life, like we're not going to get the past back. Like the past is gone. At this point, we're not, not you, not me, not anybody. Don't, don't fool yourself. It's not just you. It's not just you. It's not me. It's not anybody. We're not getting the past back at this time. All we can do is atone for what we've done and work on the present moment. If we can get focused on the present moment and realize how impactful we can be, do you realize what we can do together? If all of us, and I was talking about 100 inmates and I said, and about, I'd say 20 staff. And I said, if we, if we in this room, just us, started to make a change right now and focus on the present moment and who we are, could you imagine what we could do differently? It's because we, we, we're afraid to stay in the present moment because we're listening to all of the rumors, the lies, the whispers. Oh, my God, Doc, listen, man, if you want to be somebody that makes a difference in this world, challenge yourself, prepare and write down a plan that keeps you in the present moment. Because the moment you start, and I'm just going to say it because you got to say it, the moment you start to make your everyday about a newspaper, to make your everyday about the news, to make your everyday about gossip, to make your everyday about social media, the reason why it's all created 
is so that you don't spend time with you. <laughs> uh, you, it's, that is, listen, that's so true. So yesterday, someone asked me about. It was later in the day. Someone asked me about that. I catch some news story, and it, and it was some silly political news story, and I said. Do you understand that yesterday when you were reading, or it was it was yesterday this event happened, I said, do you understand that while you were reading that event earlier, I was on death row talking to a man who has no option but to sit in this cell for the rest of his life until it's time for his death. And this is what was this is what we were focused on. This so whatever story you were told it was important to think about, I'm so sorry I missed that. But here's where I was, and this is what I was doing. Because I think that if we really start to put things in perspective, there are so many people who who believe this is important, that it's important. When we really, and, and you and I have talked about this, you're out there on the streets, you're with people, you understand what's really important in life. When we really focus on what's important in life, it's not going to be what the media tells us to think about. It's going to be what's truly in the depths of, depths of us. Okay, okay, I know, I know we're coming to an end, but I want you to think, I want everybody to think about this. Everybody who writes, everybody who reports, have you ever noticed something? And, and me being on the media side of it, understanding, you ever noticed something? They always talk about everybody else's inabilities or flaws, but they never talk about themselves. They never expose what their weaknesses are. Now, they will exploit you. <laughs> they will tell your whole history. They will go back, and and most of them, most of them, most of them, they they they, they play officer, they play judge, they play jury, they play defendant, they play prosecutor. Oh my gosh! And you listening to these people, and you're saying, do you realize? Do you realize that the people that's talking about you has never spent a freaking moment with me? Mm. So how can I be offended? I will never be offended to hear somebody speak about me that's never been around me because I'm always in the present moment. I live as king. I speak as king. I eat as king. I teach as king. So you think I'm going to come off my throne to entertain foolishness? People yeah. keep forgetting. Every time you talk about me, you do me a favor. <laughs> well, you said it earlier. It's hard to be scared in your own backyard. Look, when you really know yourself, and this came from the mouth of who I think is, you know, my favorite person on planet Earth, my daughter. I brought her into a radio station today. We went in. She, she it was the first time at 12 years old. I, I'm a proud of this little girl. At 12 years old, Kaya sat and we did a one hour interview. I, I said the only way I could do this interview is if I brought her with me because I've been gone too long. So I brought her with me. We did an hour interview together on bullying. And she said, out of the mouth of a 12 year old, she said, what I really want kids to understand is that it is never about you. Like when it, and I said, you know, for me to, to and I, in my mind, I'm sitting back and thinking that she got this lesson, that she understands that when people come at you, it has nothing, nothing to do with you. And she understands this at 12, like what a better life she's going to live than the life that the, 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 the we've, we've all had to experience thinking everything was about us. People, people act out of anger. They act out of shame. They act out of hurt. They act out of insecurity. But they certainly as heck, you never have met a human being who is in a place of complete peace who would actually act out and hurt someone else. It's only those who are hurt who are going to hurt. Yeah, Doc, listen, because of the one fact. Man, look, you know me, right? People write, people write and, 
say some of the stupidest things, you know. And the thing, every time I sit back and I sit there, and I'll be like, how can people sit there and listen to people just write all of this garbage, right? And then I say to myself, you know, the saddest thing, and this is to clear up a whole bunch of stuff, the saddest thing is, Doc, there's, there's never been, I'm, and I'm telling you this because I can, I can vouch for me in my life, there's never been one time that I have actually went after somebody or just, you know, just totally just like try to trash them and bring them down on it because because it's never been my, in my <laughs> it, would, it would never be a thought in our minds. It never, would never be a thought. Never. Like what it's you just like, said, I was laughing. I would never think about doing that to somebody. I would never think about doing that to somebody. And so where people go confused in that is that they think that everything somebody does that you have to agree with. Absolutely not. You don't have to agree with everybody's option or everybody's opinion. That's the beautiful part of our country. We have our own opinions. We have our own direction. Everybody fights injustice a different way. Yeah. Right? I don't have a problem. If you're fighting injustice, I praise you for fighting injustice. If you fight any type of injustice, I don't care what it is. Right? It can be it can be it can be race injustice. It can be you know these these young girls being sex trafficked every day. Doc, I looked at a stat the other day. There's in one part of Atlanta, I won't even mention one part of Atlanta, there's over 7,000 transactions, transactions that happen daily mm. when, for, mm. for, the sex, for the sex slave trade. Yeah. So I want you yeah. to think about, like when, when, when people think about like, like how many issues we really have, all I want, all I want is when we isolate people, when we isolate these protests and we isolate all these things and talk about, you know, I want this and, and I'm fighting for this, I'm fighting for that. Why not fight for all people? Mm -hmm. All people are suffering. There's a lot of people suffering. The homeless are suffering. The people in Baltimore that's killing each other, they're suffering. People yep. in Chicago, they're suffering. People in, 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 in Texas right now, they're suffering. People yep. are suffering. So if we want to do something, stop judging everybody else based off they don't agree with everything everybody else is <laughs> doing. And that's perfectly fine. Doc, yep. let me tell you something. I've never had, I've never, I've, I can tell you this. I, I maybe didn't like everybody that I worked with, played with, but I damn sure got along with them. Yeah. I made it work. I made yep. it happen. And when you think about our country and where we went, where everybody's so chippery and everybody's so right, let me tell you the only voice that's right. The only voice that's right is the voice of God. Yeah. And we have removed God from our platforms. We removed God. God ain't nowhere in social media right now. I want you to I want you to I want you to pay attention to something. I want everybody listening to this podcast. I want you to pay attention to social media. I want you to pay attention to 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 for the next 30 days. Pay attention to the to the radio waves. I want you to pay attention to the movies and I want you to see two things. I want you to see how all of it degrades people regardless of race. Mhm. Mm the second thing it does is it kills our kids' future. Mm. Mm. Now, we, we, we better wake up. We better wake up. Because the things that we're entertaining, oh, Doc, I'm riding, I'm riding, listening to music last night. And I'm saying, wait a minute. How can you degrade a woman that far? And then yeah. the next song come on, and it's a woman degrading a woman. Yeah. And, and I'm 
I'm saying? What are we doing? Because we, I was raised just like you were raised. I was raised that my mother protected my mind. My mother would not let me watch a rated R station. Why? Because my mind was not seasoned to handle it. Handle it. I couldn't listen to, I couldn't sit in grown folks' conversations. You know, people talk about, you know, you pro this and that, that we miss the boat. We, we, we keep forgetting about bringing this all the way back to the present moment. Yeah, yeah. Life. life is about being in the present moment and stop letting people keep bringing you back in these ignorant fights that they don't have a solution themselves. They just like to be heard. Well, I mean, you're you to me like this is a battle I've been fighting, and I, and I, I talk about I focus so much of my career on, and it's the idea of certainty. I think people get so caught up in certainty that they say, if you disagree with me, that I can't handle it because I have to be certain. I have to be right about the way I see the world. But the mm-hmm. truth is, I mean, uh, we, we live in a galaxy with a, more than 175 billion stars. We live in, uh, where there are more than two, three, there are more than two trillion galaxies, each with over 100 billion stars. For us to think that we're certain, that we know everything, that we have, that people can't disagree with us, um, that's all ego. It's all ego to think that people can't disagree and see things differently. That's all ego the reality is people are going to see the world differently and 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 it's only our egos that don't give us that don't allow us to be strong enough to say i can accept you you see the world differently okay great this is how i see the world we're, we're, we're different people we have different experiences of course we're going to see the world differently but look i stood in front of those inmates yesterday and i said this to them and i'm going to say this in front of everybody now i don't judge people because who am i to judge somebody like, I really realized this a long time ago, and a guy came up to me afterward. He said, I've been down a long time, and uh, and, I, and I was grateful, and I was humbled by what he said. He said, I've been down for 24 years. He said, what you said today is the best stuff I've ever heard in my life. And I said, thank you. I, I said, your words really echo through me because I put my heart and my soul into what I do. And he said, when did you stop judging people? I said, honestly, I was about in my 20s, and I realized I was a judgmental person. I definitely had judgments for people left and right. But then one day I realized, wait a minute aren't I judging the very same things that I'm doing at times? Like maybe I never killed somebody, but I remember being a little kid and I walked up and I had a BB gun and I was about 10, 10, 12 years old. And I killed a little bird. I killed a bird for no reason, no reason whatsoever. And for, and, and that moment it stuck with me because I realized, wait a minute, I took a life for no reason. I, I wasn't hungry. I didn't need to eat. I was just, it just, I just did it. And so who am I to judge somebody who does something differently? For me, it's all about understanding that none of us is anyone to judge. We're all in this life together. We're here together. And, and then when we really truly realize that, I think we can start making this world significantly better in the present moment. Not about the past, what we used to think, not about the future, what might happen, but right here in the present moment. That's why yeah. to me today's show is so powerful. Yeah, Doc, I tell you what, and 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 sometimes I always told people this, that if there's something in your life that you know needs changing, make sure you change it before God changes it. Yeah. And I was, I was introduced to judgment from a different angle. You know, at 24 years old, Doc, I found myself in one of the lowest moments of my life. Mm. And, I, and I heard people speak about me, not about what I did, but about what I was caught up in. Mm. And I heard judgment and I hear judgment still to this day. 
And I heard a question that came on our podcast about what would I say to the people who treated me bad way back when? What I would say to them is, I forgive you. Mm. I don't judge nobody, Doc, because I, 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 was, I lived through something myself, Doc. That's why nobody has to tell me about injustice. I lived mm. it. Yeah. Nobody has to tell me how hard it is to live as a black man. I lived it. Mm-hmm. Nobody has to tell me that I have to sit there and listen to the opposite race call me the N-word more than 5,000 times. I mm. lived it. I live it, Doc. And when I think about everything that people have said and to judge me the way that they've judged me, since I was 24 years old, I realized one thing, the reason why God says judge not. Judge not, because I know for a fact, listen to me, this is to anybody out there who want to be freed from judgment. When you know who you are and what you have not done, you have nothing to feel guilty about. Mm. Absolutely nothing. I love that. That's when you pick up your own cross and you bear your own cross. That's when you walk as a man. That's when you inspire people. When they saw you in the midst of your drama, in the midst of your judgmental, in the midst of people wanting to speak about you. Man, let me tell you something about the people speak about me. Please keep speaking about me because your judgments tell me one thing. I gotta be doing something right. <laughs> gotta it's be sad. doing something right, Doc. Because it's... I gave up, like you, I gave up the motivation to look at somebody and say, oh man, why they living like that? Doc, man, I stopped at 24 years old. At 24 years old. When you're young, <laughs> when, when, when your name is ran through the mud because of what you're caught up in and not what you've done. Because I would challenge people. Before you judge me, you better learn some facts about what I was in and how it went down. See, it's yeah. factual things that when I when that when I go back and read my Bible to start to understand understand that man, life, power of life and death is found in the tongue, dog. Mm. So you got to be careful to judge people because one day you will be judged. How much money you got and how successful you are. Watch the bridges you burn and watch how slick your tongue may become. It's, it's Ray. It is so true. I, I, it's it, 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 it's something that I have built a career around, and honestly, that's something I feel most proud of. Like I said, I actually posted something on Instagram a couple of weeks ago, and I said my superpower is that I don't judge anyone, and I really do feel like that's my superpower because that's the reason why people open up to me because you understand that you can tell me anything, no matter what you tell me. Look, look where I where I go, where I the places I go, the people I sit with. Like I don't care what people tell me. I, I'm not going to judge you. We're human beings. We're supposed to mess up. Like, I forgive people who mess up. That's fine. You be where you are. But in the end, ultimately, people continue to judge because of insecurity. They judge because of fear of facing themselves. They judge because they're afraid to look in the mirror and see that they're the very things that they're judging. And so for me, 
my hope is that people start to get awareness because you said it really well earlier. You said it about eating. You said, just I'm quote you point blank. It takes awareness. It doesn't take anything else. It takes awareness. And that's what happens when it comes to judgment. It takes awareness. When you realize that you're a human being and you're also messing up and you may be messing up differently, that doesn't make it better. It just means you're messing up differently. So for me, judgment is we're not getting anywhere with it. Hey, we got to wrap this show up, but like phenomenal. I love this. I love doing this with you every single week. Um, I think you're right. The, the present moment, this is huge. This is what it's all about. So hopefully people can forget the past, forget the future, stay in the present moment, set aside judgment, and start to be where they need to be. Mm. Mm. Doc, man, I appreciate you every week, man. I just, I just want somebody to, I just want somebody to push forward. I want somebody to not let this world and not let the vices of this world stop you from actually chasing your destiny. Your destiny is in your own hands. Mm. Your, future, your future resides in your plans. Your plans, trust me, are already embedded in your heart. But your mm. heart, your heart is driven by your motivation, which most of the times comes from your foundation. Well, and I'm going to piggyback off that because when you talk about foundation, very at the very beginning of the show, you talked about Mayweather said he's going to have to figure him out. And you, you realized he was going to figure him out. And so what happened was, as a master, he, he, he understood that he was going to watch what happened with Conor McGregor and he was going to eventually figure it out. In my own life, and then you said you said this. We got oh, now we went a different direction, but you you said this clearly that you're not just talking about boxing or just a sport or anything else. It's everything. So for me, one of the things I want to wind this down with is this: in counseling, one of the things I've learned in conflict, I've done this for 20 years. I don't panic when people start to get really, really angry. I don't panic if a fight starts to break out. And the reason why I don't panic is because I understand the process. And when you really, truly understand the process as a master of whatever it is you're doing. For me, I can't sing. You know that. I can't dance. You know that. I don't have a lot of skills. But I tell you, one of the skills that I do have and I've mastered is, is communication. And when people, when people break down in communication and need somebody to be a source of peace for them, I I'm able to do that because I've done it for so long that I don't panic. I don't panic when people start to get angry and, and disagree and all that stuff. I, I just drop my energy and I say, I'm going to be present. I'm going to follow this process through to the end. So my hope for our listeners is that they follow through the process to the end. Because when you really stay present in the present moment, you're able to see the whole process. So yeah. huge show. Appreciate you, Ray. Uh, that's a big show, man. I, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. Look, Next 30 days, stay in the present moment. And when you stand in the present moment, you may realize that a lot of things that you're doing, you may need to get rid of, whether it's bad people, whether it's bad press, whether it's listening to the social media, whatever it is. If you stay in the present moment, I guarantee you, you will find joy. Yeah. Mm, I love it. Awesome. Love you, man. Love you too, brother. Thank you for downloading the Tackling Life Podcast. For more Tackling Life content, go to TacklingLifePodcast.com. You'll find links to our pages on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and other podcast sites where you can subscribe and get to all new episodes automatically downloaded every week. When you visit the Tackling Life website, you'll find links to our Facebook and Twitter pages where you can give us feedback, questions, ideas, and suggestions. You can also call us at 646-762-4432. We might play your message on the show. That's 646-762-4432. Ray gave you the keys today to something that can change your life. 
outside of everything we're talking about with the present moment and mastery, proper preparation prevents poor performance. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend. Until next time, for the legend, Ray Lewis, I'm Dr. Christian Carney.